Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. Praise God. Uh, If you have your Bibles, then you'll go with me. If you have your Bible, won't you raise it up toward heaven? Mm. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us, God. Amen. Romans chapter 12. Jacob, it's good to have you here tonight, man. Praise God. It's so good to see him when I saw him walk in or, yeah, in the foyer and saw him walk in. Good to see you, buddy. Good to have you, man. Long time part of our family, Jacob. We pray for you often. And I can tell you that guy sitting beside you and that guy sitting back there pray for you more than you could even imagine. Amen. They mention your name all the time. Thank God for that. Amen. I want to be, man, I want people to pray for me all the, you're willing to pray. Amen. I want to, uh, I want to not get after you, but I want to challenge every young person, every child, every young, uh, what we call them, uh, pre-youth, whatever. What do we call them? Pre-teens, thank you. Yes. If you're here and this service is for you, I want to challenge you two things. Well, three things. When you come to church, you come ready to worship, You come ready to praise and to pray, right? You did that. I believe it. I saw you in a lot of you in pre-service prayer. Saw you in worship. Second thing, you always bring your Bible. Because I'm going to tell you, uh, one day there will be a time where we're not allowed to bring this Bible into the in the house of God. So you need to bring your Bible. I don't know about you. Uh, You can call me old if you want to. I have a Bible on my iPad, but I like the, <laughs> my family knows, I like the, the real thing. Amen. The leather and the pages and the smell and the feel. So get you a Bible if you don't have one. If you don't have one, you can't afford one, and your dad or mom won't buy you one, you come see me and I'll give you one. Amen. And the third thing you should always bring with you to church is an offering. Well, I ain't got no money. I guarantee you can pull up the cushions of your couch and find a quarter or a penny. The, that, I, I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here, but uh, I don't like that prayer, Brother Wasman. Bless those that, and I've prayed it, because it's kind of how I was taught, but it's honestly not biblical. Bless those that can give and those that cannot give. Anybody can give something. They can give something. They may not have a lot to give. It may not be what you and I have to give, but they can give. The Bible says to give, and then it will be given unto you. Well, anyway, challenging theology. But uh, always bring an offering to church. Amen. Always bring an offering to church. 
if it's only a dollar or a penny or quarter, whatever, bring an offering to church. Amen. Because we don't just worship God in our praise, but we worship Him in our giving. Amen. Amen. The future of this church is right here. And we need to raise up not just good worshipers and prayer warriors, but we need to raise up givers, amen, to the kingdom of God. Amen? Yeah. All right, now if I'm going to preach, I'm gonna, you're going you're gonna to have to preach with me, young people. Amen? Yeah. All right. Now I heard you at, at camp, and so uh, I'm going to get after you. Praise God. Amen. Romans chapter 12 and uh, verse 1. I beseech you, Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Somebody say a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Somebody say reasonable service. And be not conformed. Say conformed. To this world, but be ye transformed, say transformed, by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now I've come to preach as if there was a building full of 600 people tonight. Amen. For I say, though the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, this is important. We got to get this. If we're going to get verse one and two, we got to get verse three. Not to think of himself or herself more highly than he or she ought to think. Turn to your neighbor and say, Don't think so highly of yourself. A lot of times, man, brother and sister Rout took a lot of joy in saying that to each other. <laughs> but. What we call that is self-righteousness. Everybody know what that is? Self-righteousness. Someone thinking too highly of themselves. I'm more spiritual than them all. Okay, we'll talk a little bit about it. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. I, I, I was headed to, towards a completely different direction. I was headed towards preaching on purpose tonight. But at 3 p.m., God changed directions. And uh, I'm going to talk about being different, just different, being different. Can we lift our hands? Put down your Bibles, lift your hands toward heaven. And would you, would you help me pray, young people? Would you lift your voices and pray right now? Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for every adult that is here to support us tonight. Thank you so much for being here. Hallelujah. But young people, let us hear your voices right now. Hallelujah. 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 Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're a little bit different. You may be seated. I want you to know, young people, how those that went to camp, how proud I am of you, of your spirit at camp, your worship at camp, and just going deep 
at camp. Thank you so much. But I want to just give a sobering reminder. I have to remind myself of this. As I think Sister Crumley had already said, we cannot allow it to die at camp. We have to capture. Now, I know it's difficult. It's different worshiping in that atmosphere. I have not worshiped like that ever. I'm just going to be honest. I haven't. I came home sore in places I didn't think I could be sore. So I get that the atmosphere, it's a bit, it is, it is a little bit amplified. But I, I, I thank God for the worship that we had Sunday night. Amen. That is the type of worship. We cannot allow it to die. And ultimately, young people, you have to understand, and everybody who went to camp, we've got, I want, if we can just get a, a, a bit of a dose of, of what we felt at camp here into this, the culture of this church, that is what we desire. Amen. Amen. So we've got to fight for that is what I'm saying. We have to fight for it. That means we have to go after it. And, uh, and it's just not just going to happen. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen with Alexi, or it's going to happen with an Ava, or it's going to happen with an Adrian, and on and on. It's going to happen with me. It, it, we're going to have to fight for it. And so I want to just give you that reminder tonight. But that's not what I've come to preach. I've come to preach on just being different. Uh, as children, many of us learn about the wondrous process. If you could maybe go to the next slide. The wondrous process by which a caterpillar morphs into a butterfly. Not just a, a month or so ago, my son, Gentry, he uh, was at his uh, school, and, and they Gracie went through the same deal, where they tell you to go on Amazon and buy some caterpillars. And, oh, it was not Amazon. I thought Amazon gave you caterpillars. <laughs> Anyways, you get caterpillars in the mail. So they, they come in a box, and they come with all the details, things you need. And uh, anyhow, you, you, you feed these caterpillars and they go through that really awesome process that morphs into a butterfly. And the story of a caterpillar uh, usually begins with a very hungry caterpillar. Uh, and it, it, it's very hungry and, and it hatches uh, from an egg. The caterpillar, or what is more scientifically deemed a larvae stuffs itself with leaves or with whatever food it is, it is given. And uh, it grows plumper and plumper, and, and that's the stage in which I'm at. Amen. <laughs> I'm waiting for that mor morphing process to happen. Praise God. We're going to be changed, Brother Wasman. That's the word of God. It's going to happen. Amen. <laughs> And it grows plumper and, and longer through a series of molts in which it sheds its skins. And one day, the caterpillar stops eating. And it hangs upside down from a twig or a leaf. And it spins itself a silky cocoon or molts into a shiny crystallis. And within its protective casing, the, the once ugly caterpillar... Nasty, ugly, that's the process I'm in right now, morphs into a beautiful butterfly. Amen. I, I know this is very spiritual, but there is so much that a preacher could preach about this. 
And I was going through some quotes, and I just kind of want to read a couple quotes that maybe it'll touch some and some it won't. But uh, one, one writer said, I must endure the presence of a few caterpillars if I wish to become acquainted with the butterflies. Another one said, as with the butterfly, adversity is uh, necessary to build character. Another quote says, a season of loneliness and isolation is when the caterpillar gets its wings. Remember that the next time you feel alone. What the caterpillar calls the end of the world is what the master calls the beautiful butterfly. But I began to ask, what, how does this happen? How does this, how does this process really work? And I, I've got to tell you, it's pretty nasty. And uh, I remember when my wife was cleaning out this little net cage that they have, and it had juices all in it, and it was nasty, man. And anybody who knows my wife knows that she can't, but man, she was happy to wash this thing. I mean, she was getting deep in it, and, and I was like, this is nasty. Man. I'm, I'm glad I got to do all that. Uh, because... What happens is, now this is the scientific explanation. Let it, let it gross you out if it will. The caterpillar literally digests itself. It releases enzymes to dissolve its tissue. And so when it goes into that cocoon, if you were to slice open the cocoon in the middle of the process, it would ooze with juice. <laughs> But, but the, the, reality, the thing is, is that there are certain, cell, certain cells that survive that turn that soup into eyes. There are certain cells, certain cells that stay in that cocoon that turn those certain, uh, that, that soup into wings and to the antennae and, and into other adult structures of a butterfly. And uh, this just, this kind of intrigues me tonight because we see that within a caterpillar, what, what, what started as something so uh, common morphs into something so different, something so beautiful, something that if you, if you look at this beautiful butterfly and I showed you a caterpillar, you would say there's no way that that caterpillar, butterfly came from that caterpillar. Is everybody with me? Everybody can kind of agree with that? There's something different about that process, that, that, that butterfly. And go to the next slide. <laughs> there, was, there was a caterpillar and a butterfly one day. And I'm about to preach, but there was a caterpillar and a butterfly one day. And they were, they were drinking. They were at a table. And, and uh, the, the, they were just kind of talking, kind of chit-chatting. They hadn't seen each other in a little while. And the, the caterpillar says, man, you're... A, you're a little bit different now. You, you, you don't act like you used to act. You don't, you don't look how you used to look. Uh, you don't, uh, man, you got a smile on your face. What happened to that, that part of that? What happened to that person that, man, you used to want to go party? And what happened to that person? Now all you want to do is fly and smile. You're a lot different now. And the butterfly looks back at the other, at the caterpillar and says, aren't we supposed to change? Aren't we supposed to be different? Yeah, 
John, and now I'm about to preach it. <laughs> Whoever knew that a preacher could preach about a caterpillar and a butterfly? Amen. But the reality is, is that you cannot talk butterfly language to caterpillar type people. At some point, there's got to be a something in I don't know, the process or, or whatever it is about the DNA of that caterpillar that says, I'm tired of being who, I'm, who I am. And I'm ready to be who God has destined me to be. And hey, I'm going to have to do it alone sometimes. And hey, when I come back and I see my buddies, I know it's a little comical, but when I come back and I see my friends, they're going to say, you're a little bit different. You better believe I'm different. I've been through a transformation process. You better believe I look different. I've got a hold of something that I never had before. You better believe I talk different. I get, I got, I told you I've come to preach tonight. You better preach with me or I'm going to keep on preaching. I've come to tell you, you can't talk butterfly language to caterpillar pillar type people. There is no scenario in which the caterpillar type mentality will ever understand the mentality, the position of the butterfly until they go through the same process. Man, I could scream it, preach it all I want to, but until I become a butterfly, I'll never really understand that process. I'll never really understand the transformation. John 15, we, we read here, where Jesus is launching into a new section of the farewell discourse. And he says, he says, I am the vine. Somebody say, he is the vine. And you are the branches. Say, I am the branches. He says, I am the vine. Everybody know, you know what a vine is? And then you know what a branch is? All right, everybody's with me. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And he goes into depth about uh, why are we a branch? Why is he the vine? And he's going in depth saying that I, I am the vine and you are the branch and I want you to bear fruit. Now, he's not talking about apples and oranges. He's talking about spiritual fruit. He's talking about bearing the fruit of love. He's talking about bearing the fruit of the Spirit. And, and so he goes on in John 15. He said, if a man or woman in this case not it be abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Now, there's something that you need to understand. Everybody on the sound of my voice, you need to understand about God is that if you will abide in him and that if he abides in you, there is nothing impossible for you. Somebody help me. Say it. There is nothing impossible with God. Nothing. If he abides in me and I abide in him, nothing is impossible. And so he, he talks about, going to, I won't go through every one, but on down through the 15th chapter, Jesus begins, continues to talk about his commandments. And he says, you need to keep the commandments. And he talks about loving one another. And he, he talks about loving one another so much that, that Lexi, you'll die for Ava. 
He says, I want you to love so much that you'll die for one of your friends. And he tells the disciples that that they have not chosen him, but that God has chosen them. Not just sit on a pew somewhere. Not just to say, oh, I'm a saved Christian. He hasn't chosen you just to uh, uh, let you go on about your your life and and obtain all kinds of money and degrees and, and accolades and titles and positions. But he said, I've called you to bear forth much fruit. Well, we, we got to back up a little bit, and you need to understand that God chose you. God picked you. You are not here by happenstance. God has designed for you to be in this very church at this very time at 8.20 p.m. He said, I know who you are. I've chosen you. You are going to be my disciple. You are going to be a great prayer warrior. You are going to be a great worshiper. It's going to be you that's going to change your school. It's going to be you that's going to change your family. I have chosen you. He said, I've chosen you to bring forth fruit. But then he gets into something that we often don't talk about. As Christians, we don't really want to talk about this or really think about it. And at times, I I think perhaps we don't cover it as preachers because we don't feel that perhaps it's really happening in North America. And perhaps it's not happening to the degree in which some it has happened to or is in other nations. But it gets into something that we don't really talk about, and it's, it's what bearing godly fruit looks like at times. It's what the transformation, everybody say transformation. It's what that transformation of the Holy Ghost working on the inside, fixing the heart, fixing the spirit, fixing the attitude, fixing the outward appearance, fixing how I respond to people. Fixing how I worship. Fixing how I, I respond to difficult situations. Fixing in how, I, how my plans and my futures. I, I, I used to want to be an astronaut, if you will, but now I, surely there's a desire in me that wants to be an astronaut, but I, I've come to the realization that God has called me to a higher calling. This, this transformation process, it, it's, it's the Holy Ghost working on the inside. And he says, this is kind of what it looks like every day sometimes. He says in John 15, 18, if the world, if the world would hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Now, who wants to be hated? Raise your hand. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) At least I know you're listening. Amen. But uh, I don't want to be hated. Do you want to be hated, Zoe? I don't think so. Nobody here really wants to be hated. Everybody kind of wants to be liked by somebody. Now, there may be somebody like, I don't care if they hate me or not. I don't like them too much either. (laughs) But I love them. Well, that's another message for another day. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. What's this saying? It's saying that if you were in the world, the world would love you. The world loves you when you go partying with them. The world loves you when you want to talk like them. The world loves you when you want to go to the entertainment with them. Well, hallelujah. What happens when that person say, when you say, you know what? I don't go, I don't watch that. I don't watch that kind of movie. 
I don't, I don't listen to that kind of music. Oh, as long as you just go along with whatever they do, they're going to love you because you're of the world and they're of the world. But because you are not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hateth you. I'm going to tell you, if you're going to live for God, if you're really going to get a hold of something deep and you're really going to be pleasing unto the Lord, you're not going to make everybody your friend. Now, I'm not saying we're out there making enemies, but I've come to tell you, you need to get over this mentality that I'm going to be buddy-buddy with everybody. Friend, I, I, can do, I can love you and still disagree with you. But I'm going to tell you, there's some lines that I'm drawing in my life. I'm not watching that. I'm not going there. I'm not listening to that. I'm not dressing like that. Oh, they do it in school all day long. Uh, they wear short sleeves. Uh, they wear their dress up to their, to their rear ends, all these things. But as far as me, uh, I have been chosen out of the world uh, to be different. To be different. To be different. Listen. We don't want to be like the world. Why, do this, why does this pastor, why does this church have so many rules? And why do, we gotta, why do, our, why do our dresses have to be below the knees? And why, do, why should our sleeves be at least to our elbows? And, and why, why do we have all these things that, that we ought to do? And why, 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 why? Because I've come to tell you, we're not here to be like the world. We are not of this world. The Bible says we're aliens of this world. We're pilgrims. We're not of this world. I'm just passing through. God's calling somebody in this building to be different <laughs> I'm going to tell you you got to get past this mentality that the friends that you once that once had is just going to kind of go along with and say oh yeah come on buddy unfortunately unfortunately when you begin to draw some lines in your life and you begin to put up some guardrails in your life of, of, of dress, of, of, of entertainment, of, of music, of, of spirit and of attitude, there's going to be some people that say uh, those are walls and there's really not walls at all. They're just guardrails. And what they want you to do is meet them where they're at. But what you're saying is, listen, I love you, but I refuse to lose my soul to gain a friend. Is everybody with me? Everybody with me? I'm telling you, you're not going to make everybody your friend. Not everybody's going to like you. You're going to be a little different. Some may even may say you're, you're peculiar. I don't know. They may call you crazy. But I'm going to tell you what. If I got to be careful how I word some things because of the ages that are in this building. So all you older young people, you kind of just go along with me because you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if there are some of those people can dress the way they dress. And you know what? Nowadays they walk in, it's just normal. It's just casual. Listen, that's not normal for a child of God. I'm going to be, I'm different. I'm different. Hey, you call me different if you want to. And I'm going to tell you what, if they're different communities, if, if the LGBTQs, they can do what they want to, then why? it's about time that an apostolic young person walk into your school and say, you know what? If they can sing and shout and praise about what they believe in, I got something greater than they got. I, God saved me. God separated me. He's chosen me to be different. And hey, 
There's going to be that caterpillar type attitude that comes along sometimes. And they're going to say, why are you acting like that? Why are you doing that? Well, you're different. You better believe I'm different. And friend of mine, let me introduce you to Jesus. The life that I once lived, I don't live anymore. How I used to talk, I don't talk like that anymore. The things I used to watch, I choose not to watch those things anymore. Why? Because he changed me. He transformed me. Let's lift our hands right now unto the Lord. I need you to stay connected to what the Spirit is doing. (laughs) Why did the world hate Jesus? Because he rebuked them. They didn't like to be rebuked. Nobody likes to be rebuked. But sometimes, as a child of God, you just got to draw some lines in the sand. Now, I've, I wouldn't say I've openly rebuked my family, but they might consider rebuke because they say, hey, why don't you stay home? We're here to visit. It's Sunday. No. You want to visit me? You go with me to church. That's just how I feel about it. If you don't want to visit me, you can stay home. We'll come. We'll have lunch with you. If, if we, if we make, it, make it home, normally we don't even make it home on Sunday afternoons. But listen, I'm not changing my conviction to surround somebody else of a carnal. Well, I've got to use Brother Sanson's language. I'm not going to change my, my, my conviction to surround a carnal twit. I'm going to be a child of God. I'm going to be a chosen generation. I'm going to be a peculiar people. Listen, I'm not coming down to their level. God's taking me to a different level. i got to reach down and get them up. Come on, get that mentality. That listen, I love you, but you if you want to if you want to have a relationship with me that is sincere and that, that that doesn't seem like it's awkward, then you got to come up to where I'm at because I refuse to come back down where I used to be. Well, you're judging me. No, friend. That's conviction that you feel. I'm not judging you, but I'm telling you, I refuse to go back and be who I used to be. I want to be whatever God wants. I want to be the butterfly. I want to have that transformation process done in my life. And some of your friends, you, you know what? You're just going to have to, honestly, I'm just going to be honest. You're just going to have to cut off the relationship. If they if if they don't if they're not their heartbeat now listen I have a friend I have a few friends that I used to hang out with I still text them today every now and again we text but even if they lived here in Arizona it would just it honestly just it probably wouldn't work where we hung out all the time because our interests are so different and it's so easy to be influenced instead of being the influencer. And so there's going to be some relationships that you're going to have to just, you know what, create some distance on. We don't hate them. We love them. But listen, I've got to protect my soul. There are some people that I just don't, I shouldn't be Instagramming. There are some people, I don't even think you should have TikTok in the first place. But if, you, if your parent allows you to have TikTok, hey man, I, I pray. I really do pray because that thing's dangerous. But if you got that, device, that app on your phone, then I'm going to tell you what, there ought to be some people you unfollow. Now, this is me. I don't have this in my notes, but I do it still to this day. If there is somebody that I have, I'm friends with on Facebook because I'm old and I use Facebook. But if there's somebody that I used to be friends with and, and, and they post something that I don't agree with, that, that goes against my convictions, they curse or, or they post some 
stupid video or some dumb this or whatever you want to call it. And, and, I, and my spirit just said, I don't like that. Listen, this is my view. I don't need that trash. And you know what? If I got to delete the whole app, that's what I will do. But I'm going to tell you what I do. I go and unfriend them. Well, I just kind of want to unfollow them because I don't want them to know that I, I disagree. No, I unfriend them. Because listen, there was a, an unsaid agreement that when we friended each other, that we kind of agreed that, you know what, you, if you want to be friends with me, you're going to have to kind of agree with what I, what I want in my spirit and what I don't want in my spirit. And if ever you want to go a different way, that's your prerogative. But as far as me and my house, as far as me and my temple, as far as me and these eyes, I will not set any evil thing in front of them. And so if that means I need to unfriend somebody... I've even unfriended my, my family before on these social media things. Because my family, are some of them are carnal people. They need God. I pray for them. I really do. I, I plead the blood of God over them. I, but I'm going to tell you what. I refuse to, to steep down even to my own family's level of spirituality. Because there's going to be some time where somebody's going to come searching for you, Lexi. Somebody's going to, going to come searching for you, Anthony. And they're going to say, oh, God, thank God that you, that you stood to your ground. Thank God that you also didn't fall into temptation and that you didn't fall into sin. You don't understand. I, I've, had five, I've had five marriages. Thank God that you're still there to pray for me. Listen, there's going to be a time when you stand fast that you'll be able to be a light into a dark world and into a dark life <laughs> I'm, I, I gotta quickly move Got, are y'all with me look at me if you're with me please because I, I, I want to try to, I'm trying to just give you my heart my heartbeat there are so many of you that you're diving deep into the things of God I'm so proud of you I'm so proud of you I really am I'm telling you I'm so proud that you're worshiping the way you're worshiping and you're praying the way you're praying and, and you're seeking after God and you're tearing in the altars and, and man I, I'm telling you that is so precious uh, but there's going to be a, come a time where you're going to feel the pressure and, and your friends and even your family uh, they're going to be able to say something things like uh, you know you're a little bit different and it's going to be it's going to something's going to be inside of you inside of you that's going to say oh I don't want to be I don't want to be different I, I'm trying to be who I used to be but also be who God wants me to be listen don't don't stoop down to that don't be self-righteous now don't don't get an attitude that you're more spiritual than they are but inside of your spirit when somebody says hey you're, you're acting a little bit different than you used to be there ought to be some Holy Ghost proud spirit that gets in inside of your soul and says thank God that I'm not who I used to be I'm not who I need to be but thank God I'm not who I used to be thank God they see Jesus in me thank God that my talk's different thank God that my look is different thank God that my spirit is different you ought to take it as a compliment when somebody in school comes to you, young lady, and say, you look different. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. know why? And you don't say this part, perhaps, but this is what I'm saying. Because I got the microphone. They're not here. You, you look different. You don't wear makeup. You don't cut your hair. You look different. Yep. I can look just as pretty, if not prettier, without all that mess. And thank God for it. I can be a jewel unto the Lord. God said, be ye separate, saith the Lord. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Listen, I realize not everybody's going to come to this level, but I'm not about to go down to where I used to be. 
I want more conviction. I want more conviction. Oh, I know that's uncommon. That's uncommon. We, we, don't, we want to lower the standard, but God is calling a generation to raise the standard. Well, the Bible don't say that. Listen, but my spirit says it. My spirit says The Bible doesn't say and not have social media, but there's going to come a time where you're going to have to say no social media because it's ruining my soul. Man, I, I got to move. Sister Angela, she's making my clock go faster than it really is. It's 32 minutes, almost 33, and I'm going to pull off a Wednesday night and talk 55 minutes again. And then you're never going to want me to teach you at youth service ever again. I got to move quick, but I got to cover this. Ephesians 4. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. This is the NLT version. He said, don't live as the Gentiles live. Don't live as the world lives. Don't talk the way the world talks. Don't do what the world does. He said in, in later scriptures and in, in from 17 to 20, he says uh, you, they have the mind full of darkness that he says they wonder from the life God gives them. Anybody ever known that? God gives them a great life and they just kind of, they kind of they move away. Every time God tries to reach them, they, they come into a service and they're just, got to go to the bathroom. No, you don't. You feel the conviction of God. You, you can wait, but you feel something yearning you, pulling you to this. And so they leave. They wander from the life God gives. He says they're closed-minded and, and their hearts are hardened against God. He says they have no sense of shame. And that is so true in our generation. Now, listen, I just, I kind of talk plainly. But I, I am being a little more careful because I'm, I'm glad they're here. But we have, we have ears that i got to be careful but there are some things that happens in your schools and your colleges and your, at your jobs. There's no shame anymore. They'll wear whatever. They'll do whatever. They don't believe in marriage anymore. That has no significance of what they will or will not do before or after marriage. But you're different. The way we date is different. It ain't like the world. Oh, it's... Man, it's, it's a bit difficult. Yeah, it is difficult. You know why? Because we're trying to protect purity. Right. We're trying to protect purity. Yeah. We're trying to protect the, protect the covenant of marriage. Yeah. That, the world doesn't do that. The world just says, you know, you do whatever you want. But that's not, I'm a little bit different. Right. I'm, I am. I'm a, I'm a little bit different. We're probably several marriages. We're a little bit different. And so we try to protect the sanctity of, of marriage and purity. And so we don't date like the world dates or whatever you call it. We don't, we don't get together like they get together. Because there's a reason why they have babies at 16. We don't want that here. That's not the will of God. Man, I, I feel such a burden on me tonight. I know I'm probably preaching things that maybe don't even apply into this congregation, but I'm going to speak in the atmosphere either way. Verse 20, but that is, and he said, hey, they're, they're confused. They're hopelessly confused. There's no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure. They, 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 they just live for themselves. He said, but in verse 20, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. That's not who you are. 
That's not who you are. You're different. He says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. He says, since since you've been given some truth, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. He says, I want you to, next slide, I want you to throw off, put off, lay aside, actively do away with who you used to be and be different. In other words, as to that nasty process of the caterpillar to a butterfly, there's some things you got to turn into, just completely got to turn into soup. I mean, it's completely different. You can't even recognize it when they come out anymore. I mean, that's a butterfly. I couldn't tell that's a caterpillar if if I I didn't know better. But I'm going to tell you what, that's exactly what a child of God should be. Man, when you come out of a relationship with God and, you're, and you, things are beginning to change and things are beginning to happen, there ought to be some people say, man, they look a little different. They're talking a little bit different. Their spirit's different, man. They're, they're, they got more joy about them. They got more peace about them. Man, they got an anointing on them. Why? Because there's a transformation happening. There's something working on the inside and it's showing on the outside. Let's stand tonight. <laughs> He says, I want you to be different. Verse 23, instead, he says, let the Spirit. Everybody say the Spirit. Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. Let it renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Man, I wish I would have brought a handkerchief. He says in verse 24, put on. Wait, we got to take off some things, but now we got to put on your new nature. I got to. Put on a new culture. There's a new culture in town. What I used to entertain, I don't entertain anymore. What I used to laugh at, I don't laugh at anymore. Those jokes aren't funny to me anymore. The things we used to do together as friends, I don't do that anymore. I'm not judging you, I, I just don't do them anymore. Because God's calling me to a higher calling. I'll quickly move past this part, Sister Angela, but Paul gets very specific and he says, thank you, bro. He gets very specific and he says, you're different, so stop telling lies if you lie. He says, you're different. Stop letting anger control you if anger controls you. You're different. He says, if you're a thief, stop stealing. This is what he's saying. He says, you're different. He says, instead, use your hands for good work and give generously. He says, be different. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, there is something on the inside that is actively making us change. Now, everybody, I look at you, I look at everybody, everybody's everybody a little bit different age. But there is no point in time where that, until you die, where that transformation process stops. I don't care the most spiritual person, the most spiritual elder that you know, they're still, God's still transforming them, making them into something better, making them more beautiful, purifying them, giving them things. Hey, you know, don't do that. Don't respond that way. Don't, don't look at that. Don't watch that. Don't listen to that. He's transforming them. And I can tell you this, young people, that if there are no changes, 
You hear me? If there are no changes, there is no spirit. How do I know someone has the Holy Ghost? Well, the Bible says, the Bible says we know they have the Holy Ghost because they speak in other tongues. That's the initial evidence. The initial. The initial. I know, Brianna, you got the Holy Ghost because I heard you speak in other tongues. But you want to know how I know you keep the Holy Ghost? Because I began to see change. I began to see fruit of the Spirit develop in your life. Not that I'm judging, but it says you're going to know them by the fruit. How do I know that, 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 how do we know that someone, you know what, they don't, they don't have the Holy Ghost they used to have because we see it in their demeanor. We see it in their worship. They used to worship radically. They don't worship like that anymore. They used to pray radically. They don't pray like that anymore. The fervency has lost, been, has been lost somewhere. And when there is no spirit, there is no power. And you hear me tonight, you can fake it with a lot of people. But a true, I believe this, a child of God with any level of discernment at all, you cannot fake the Holy Ghost. Galatians, if our eyes, let's just close our eyes tonight. Paul said it like this, and this used to be the scripture of, of our youth group. Galatians 2 and 20. Some of you Bible quizzers should be able to quote this. But Paul said it like this. I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified. What does that word mean? The old me is gone. The old me is dead. The old spirit that I used to have is dead. The old prayer life that I used to not have is gone. How I used to worship is gone. How I used to entertain myself on a Friday or Saturday, it's dead. I am crucified with Jesus. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Young people, you hear me tonight. There's got to be something inside of your spirit tonight that stirs you. God, I want to be different. I want to be different. I want my worship to look different than this world. I want my prayer to look different than this world. I want the way I dress to look different than this world. I don't want to be conformed to this world, but God transform me. I wonder if we can lift our hands right now and make that our prayer. God, I do not want to be conformed to this world. I don't want to just comply because Hollywood says that's what defines beauty. I want to be defined by the beauty that God defines beauty. I will not be defined by what the world defines as spiritual. I want to be my spirituality to be defined by the transformation of the Holy Ghost. I want us all to come up to this altar if you would just if you're on the front row just take a couple steps forward I know you're already close 
But if you feel something here tonight, you feel the Holy Ghost, I want you to come. Hallelujah. 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 Brother Ralph, I'm so burdened. I wish I had more time to go into some of this stuff. I'm so burdened because I see you young people. I see you young ladies. I see you young men. Incredible potential. But some of you are stuck between two worlds. Some of you are being pulled. Every eye closed. I'm not trying to pull out anybody. I want you, to God, to talk to you. But some of you are caught in between two worlds. And God is calling you. He's beckoning you. Come on. Come on, let me let me make you to who I want you to be. Come on. You're going to have to get alone with God. You're going to have to get in that 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 cocoon if you will with God. You're going to have to be you're going to have to find that place of God that hey, I don't have any friends in this situation. I don't have anybody I can really lean on, but except that's going to teach me to lean on God. Come on. Some of you are called in between two worlds. You you go to school on Monday, you try to act like them and try to fit in with them, but come to church on Sunday and you're trying to worship and God's saying it cannot work you either love the one or hate the other you cannot be lukewarm Come on, some of you are caught in between two worlds because you've got friends and you've got family. You've got a family member that they're lost and they don't live the way that, that you know that is right to live. And, and you're being pulled. I'm challenging you, young person. Get alone with God and make up in your mind. I choose to please Him and Him alone. I choose to please Him. Come on, I'm different. I'm different. I'm different than this world. I'm an alien of this world. I don't belong here. I don't belong here. My God, I pray right now that you would pour out your spirit upon every person under the sound of my voice. God, you're call them right now. Call them for to conviction. Call them unto holiness. Call them unto purity. Come on. Come on, we don't act like the world acts. We don't go where the world goes. Why? Because we're called to a higher calling. Come on, you need to make up in your mind on a Friday night. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be different. And I'm going to be proud of it. I'm going to be apostolic and unashamedly so. Come on. That's it. Yes. That's it. Come on, cry out unto the Lord right now. Oh, 